Welcome back to this week's episode of the CRC SA podcast. Joining us today is Australian Hockey Roos goalkeeper and Are You OK ambassador, Rachel Lynch. Welcome, Rachel. How are you today? I'm going good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so can you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself? I can. Um, yeah, so my name's Rachel Lynch. I'm a hockey player, um, a nurse and a um, very passionate mental health ambassador, I suppose. I um, have been with Are You OK for maybe seven or eight years and have recently joined Lifeline as an ambassador for them as well. So certainly a passion of mine. Um, got into it a little bit through my nursing as well, um, but just something that I feel is a really sort of applicable message in day-to-day life. It's certainly something I've utilised in my hockey. Um, and, yeah, so as, as with everyone, I've been going through... Um, the COVID experience, but um, working as a nurse uh, and then now I've moved into a role in a management role looking after COVID testing for a, um, a mining company. So based over in Perth, originally from Melbourne, um, yeah, over your neck of the woods, but yeah, living in Perth at the moment. Nice. So over you, Spence, in your first question. Rachel, what do you do in your job in regarding, in regards to are you okay being an RN and a professional hockey player? Uh, my days are pretty busy, I can tell you that much. So the Are You OK stuff continues all the time. Um, obviously, this time of year is quite busy. Are You OK Day uh, was last week. And then Mental Health Month, there's always obviously a bit more of a ramp up around this time because everyone wants to get on board and start talking about it. But I guess myself and, and all the other ambassadors are pretty keen to try and spread it across the whole year because it's something that is applicable every day. Um, so I do a lot of talks for them. Uh, last Thursday for, I, for Are You OK Day, I went up to a mine site and um, spent some time with them up there because obviously a high-risk area for mental health. They're away all the time, uh, pretty isolated and a tough job. So I do a bit of that. Nursing, I've been on the same ward for 10 years, so I worked in neuro rehab since I was a graduate. Um, I studied in Melbourne at ACU and then moved over to Perth for hockey, so I did my nursing over here as a grad and have been there ever since. Um, but during COVID, because the hospitals were really quiet, as soon as hockey stopped, I tried to get more work and had a few weeks where I was working in the hospital a bit more, but couldn't actually get regular shifts, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I got a job doing COVID testing. So I manage um, the COVID testing for a mining company over here. Um, all of the mine site workers have to get a COVID screen before they go to work. Um, and my job is to look after our facilities. So we've got facilities all over WA. So Doing that full time, it's pretty much seven days a week. Uh, do about fifty hours a week with that, and then my hockey as well. So um, technically, it's considered full time, but we train um, five days a week, across the week, play on the weekend, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty challenging, but I enjoy it. So yeah, early starts and, and late nights, but um, they're all things that I'm really passionate about. So happy to squeeze them into my day. Hi Rachel, it's lovely to meet you. Um, what I want to know is what influenced you into becoming an ambassador for Are You OK? Yeah, so I joined Are You OK, yeah, I think it was maybe seven or eight years ago and um, at the time hadn't heard of them. They were, they were pretty new and their concept um, was slowly sort of gaining momentum as an organisation. They're still actually really small. They're based in Sydney and only have, I think, maybe you know less than 20 staff working for them, but the reach that they have is, is massive because a lot of people jumped on board 
Uh, a lot of people are similar situation to me. So work, if you like work as a or volunteer, as an ambassador, uh, and a lot of their, I guess, events and media and all of that comes from their ambassadors. So over in WA, myself and a few others do a fair bit of, um, of work over here. But the reason I guess I joined them was, as I said, had some interest through my nursing and mental health, but also I just felt the, the messaging was so applicable to, to my life and to hockey and uh, what I was doing. And I, I just like the well-being part of it. It's, it's not about raising money. It's all about getting people to talk to each other and just really simple stuff, but something that, yes, even though I'm a nurse, um, have more knowledge in it, your everyday person doesn't need to have that knowledge to be able to you know, ask someone if they're okay and, and I guess practice um, the listening and, and the support of it. As you mentioned, you're quite a busy woman being an Are You OK ambassador, a hockey ruse player and a nurse. How has being so busy impacted your own mental health? Um, sometimes I sort of think like uh, I can't really complain about being busy because they're all things that I choose to do. Um, I'm definitely regularly tired. Oh, it's, yeah, the, the days are pretty long and I I draw a lot of energy from the things that I do. So I, I really look forward to going to work every day. I love my job. Um, the, ho- the hockey is the same. I think the less... I do it outside of hockey, the worse I am at hockey. So I like being busy. I don't want to think about it all the time. So, you know, most of my days is tied up thinking about COVID testing at the moment. So I don't have time to worry about the little things to do with hockey. So when I get there, I just really enjoy it. It's kind of like a bit of a switch off from work. Um, I get to have a bit of fun fun with my mates and I love the competitive side of it. So I think um, probably the biggest challenge for me during this time, other than trying to manage my sleep, has been probably dealing with a bit of guilt around the fact that I'm over in Perth and my family are over in Melbourne. I think it's, it's pretty, um, pretty tough what everyone's going through over there. But the biggest thing for me was um, my nan, who I'm very close with, had a stroke during COVID. Um, and she's doing, she's doing okay. Um, any other time, you know, any other situation, I would have been on the first plane out of here and over there helping look after her. So that's, that's been a little bit challenging for me, but um, I feel like I have a real purpose with my day and the things that I'm doing. So um, I think that's sort of key for me to kind of manage my own mental health. Rachel, how has both being a nurse and an ambassador for Are You OK affected your views on mental health? It certainly taught me a lot. Um, the nursing side, you get to see that mental health is um, everywhere. Uh, a lot of people suffer from a mental illness doesn't matter what area of, of work, what area of life you're in. Um, if you look at the statistics, it's pretty high. I think it's one in four now. So, um, you know, there's four of us here. So <laughs> you've only got to do the maths with your friendship group, with your colleagues, um, to know that there's definitely people around you who are, who are suffering. Um, and so I think the more time I've spent in that space um, as an ambassador as well, you just get to know that people, um, everyone's going through something. And it's the same with COVID, like, we're all going through slightly different challenges. You know, for you guys, obviously, at school, trying to do some study from home. Maybe it's the fears around what next year will look like. Um, what What are you going to do when you finish school? All of that sort of stuff. For me, as I said, you know, managing my sort of guilt and, and the fact that I'm over in WA and I've got my friends, my close friends and family are, are struggling over in Victoria. Um, so it does look different for everyone. And, and that's, I guess, what mental health is all about. It's it's checking in on people regularly because you never know what they're going through. You don't know what they're going through in that moment or what's about to happen for them um, or what they've been through. So that's why I sort of love the messaging that, um, yeah, we've got to support each other no matter what. 
Um, in regards to your family, I understand that you're from Victoria, but you're currently living in Perth. Uh, how do you cope with living alone and not being able to see your family? Uh, it's hard. It's really hard. I, um, I've lived over in Perth for 10 years now and um, absolutely love it. It's a really easy place to live. I'm obviously over here for hockey and I have a great job. Um, got some good friends over here and, of course, my teammates. But um, the connection part for me is really, really important. I, um, you know, I speak to my mum every single day, um, speak to my brother a couple of times a week. I, since my nan's had her stroke, I ring her every single day as well. So she um, had some difficulties with her speech from the stroke. So that's sort of really, I guess, something that I've taken on as part of um, helping her with her therapy. But also the fact, you know, I've experienced a lot of, I guess, satisfaction and joy from speaking to her. So make sure I squeeze that into every day. Um, and then my friends, I've got a really good good group of friends over in, in Melbourne, um, my hockey teammates from the past. And, um, yeah, I love it. I think during COVID I've started sending, like, video messages to chuck on their group, just, I guess, fill them in a little bit around what I'm doing, but also just to let them know that I'm thinking of them. And I think the, the um, communication and connection is, is so important, but you've got to take it on. You've got to create habits where you make yourself do that stuff. Otherwise, it's just so easy to slip into, you know, life and being busy. But if you see those things as important, then you squeeze them into your day, which is what I do. How has coronavirus impacted all of your jobs? Uh, I guess it's, it's impacted every, everything. Initially, it was obviously hockey. We were preparing for the Olympics and, um, yeah, found out that wasn't happening. So that was pretty, pretty significant. And then... Um, nursing like the irony that I work as a nurse that's the reason I stayed over in Perth so we all got given the opportunity to go home when hockey stopped I chose to stay here and then I was a nurse and I couldn't get a job like I couldn't get shifts which is so bizarre in the middle of a pandemic um, but that's just because of the way we managed our staffing in the hospital and we were preparing for this massive outbreak that never actually came certainly in WA um, so that was a bit bizarre. And then now uh, moving into a new job, you know, I feel like I've found my dream job in this, in this role because I've got some travel, I'm managing people. There's a bit of leadership in there. Um, I have to be pretty organized. Uh, there's also the clinical sort of nursing side of it too. So I've, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, I've found my dream job and, it, and it's led me in a slightly different direction. Um, and, you know, I never would have thought at this point in my life, I would be working 50 plus hours a week and training full-time as an athlete um, and loving it. <laughs> so I, I guess I can't complain. Have you noticed a change in your mental health due to coronavirus? Uh, I think I've like probably the same as everyone. I've fluctuated a little bit throughout the whole time. Um, I won't lie. Initially when it happened, I was loving isolation. Um, I feel like a bit mean saying that to you guys because you're probably hating it, but um Initially, I did. I really enjoyed it. Like I was at home. I had heaps of time to go for long walks and ride my bike. Obviously, early on when we we're allowed to do that by yourself. Um, I know you guys are restricted to an hour, but that never came in in WA. So I love that um, on the phone and video chats all the time. Like I always did my calls in the car, whereas all of a sudden you'd ring and everyone would answer because they're all at home. You know, they're at home, you know, they're free. It's obviously a bit different now, but um, yeah, I guess I, I, I enjoyed that time. And for the first time in my career, I was able to do training that I wanted to do rather than being told when to train and how to train and what we were doing. It was, I ran my own um, schedule completely. So I loved that. Um, so I think early on, yeah, managed it really well. 
but then now it's more probably, as I said, it's the awareness of the things that my family are going through, my friends over east and, um, you know, I guess probably also dealing with the fact that like lots of people are dying at the moment and it's scary and I've had to make my peace with that. You know, if something was to happen to my family at the moment, I probably I wouldn't be able to get back in time. Um, so I don't let stuff like that sort of wear me down, but uh, it's definitely on my mind. Like I do think about it. How would you define depression and anxiety? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, I mean, without going into, I guess, too much of the technical detail, um, I'd probably say anxiety is something that I, I probably would say most people experience in some form. You know, we talk about the word stress and pressure a lot. Anxiety is, is a pretty similar thing to that. Um, it probably it presents presents differently in everyone. Um, but, you know, there's, there's certain things that probably make everyone a little bit anxious and nervous and, you know, you look at exams and um, I don't want to detract from the clinical version of anxiety, which is obviously a very serious thing and it's the same with depression. But um, I would just say that they're the, the stresses and things that cause you a physiological response um, and then depression is probably a similar one. You know, we all have fluctuating moods and our feelings are always changing, but um, depression is, you know, getting into a really dark place often um, and not sort of having the skills or the ability to get out of it or, or not knowing how to do that. So I guess flipping back to the are you okay, you know, these that's sort of a higher level where um, people will need some specialist support and potentially medication. But if you think down a bit from that, it's around um, the stress and the pressure and the moods that I was talking about and that's where we can have a real influence trying to help each other, support each other, um, you know, learn coping strategies and things like that so that it doesn't escalate to the anxiety, depression level. Um, do you have any tips on maybe, I guess, developing and maintaining a healthy mindset towards, I guess, everything? In uh, yeah, I guess the, the main things that I certainly focus on for myself is routine. I think we've all learnt through COVID how important routine can be, whether you're at home um, or living a relatively normal life. Your routine is what gives you that structure and stability across your day. Um, waking up not knowing what's going to happen can be a bit of a scary thing and we're all in a very uncertain time and there's things going on we have no control of. So I think it's important to have those things you do have control of. And, you know, for me that's around making sure there's exercise in my day. Obviously, being Hokiru, we have training nearly every day. But when I wasn't doing that, it was making sure I do something, whether it's go for a walk or um, a ride or some sort of circuit in my room because the exercise is, is really important. And then routine, creating habits around the connection. So locking in a time to catch up with your family or your friends, um, making that sort of something that's really important to your day rather than just going, oh, at some point I'll call them because, you know, the day just gets away and eventually you might miss that opportunity. So setting the time, whether you put it in your diary or actually telling that person. And then there's other really simple things, you know, making your bed in the morning. Like when you wake up, doing something straight away that gives you that sort of sense of achievement straight away. Um, the first thing you do in your, in, your, in your day is something that, I know some people don't get excited about making their bed, but at least you've ticked something off for the morning. Um, so, yeah, the routine, the exercise, as I mentioned, and then just general self-care. I think doing things that make you happy, but also looking after your sleep, your nutrition, hydration, all of those things are really key. Rachel, what can one do when a friend is having signs or symptoms of depression? I'd say noticing it is the first thing. Um, 
you know, you guys would probably not right now, but you'd spend a lot of time with your, your friends at school and your mates or your teammates if you play sport. And you get pretty good at noticing a, a change, I think. We all have very good instincts. We're, we're pretty good at picking that stuff up. And I'd say that um, certainly at hockey, it's something that we practice regularly. As soon as you can sort of see or you notice in that person, just bank that in, in the back of your mind. And then when your training's finished or whatever it might be, it's just shooting them a quick text or pulling them aside and just being like, look, I, you know, I noticed that um, you seemed a little bit quiet today or just something that was a little bit different because maybe the signs will only be really subtle. Maybe they're a bit more withdrawn. Maybe they walked in and didn't say hello when they normally do or their response to one of your text messages was a little bit unusual. Uh, maybe they don't answer your calls, whatever it might be. There's, there's lots of little, uh, little signs to, to look out for. And then once you do notice that, it's, as I said, it's, it's the checking in. It's finding a way to offer support to that person. Again, with COVID, it's pretty hard, but maybe it's, hey, you know, do you want to go for a quick walk? Or um, for you guys at the moment, it's probably limited to sort of video chats or whatever, but maybe you can offer for them to talk to someone. You know, is this something you've spoken to your mum and dad about? Or is there someone at school you could reach out to? Um, have you been sleeping well? Did something happen with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever? There's all those sort of, I guess, questions that you could ask to help you to understand and find a way to provide support for that person. Uh, well, my final question was quite similar, but just in a more from a viewpoint of someone who has such a broad knowledge of depression and anxiety, what suggestions do you have in regards to reaching out to a friend who may not be coping very well with possibly the new lockdown uh, restrictions in Victoria? Yeah, that's a really hard one because I've, I've been going through that myself, like trying to think of ways to um, reach out to my friends. I think obviously regular touch points are, are key, you know, calling or texting or whatever that might be. Um, but, yeah, I've even found it hard with my with my family. Like I know my mum's struggling a lot. She She's spending a lot of time helping my nan, but she's also a very social person. So um, definitely has challenges there around wanting to be out and about, you know, seeking that sort of, time with friends and that interaction which is really important so I guess it's just trying to be be there for them um, you know it's it's hard to offer any solutions or alternatives because we, we don't have them at the moment all you can really do is you know small things to to make them smile like write, write a letter send a letter in the mail to someone that you're um, you've been worried about because maybe receiving a letter is something that they haven't had in ages this year for are you okay they made um, Kit Kats so Kit Kats were like a partner and they did this sort of brand Kit Kat that said like um, Kit Kat for a chit chat so obviously you can share a Kit Kat with someone I definitely wouldn't share my Kit Kat but I'd maybe get one for them and so I put them in the mail and sent them to all my close friends and to be honest the postage costs more than the Kit Kat uh, they'll probably melt and be crushed by the time they get there but I guess I just wanted them to open it and you know I left a little note and just for them to maybe smile for that you know five minutes of their day I think those sort of things go a long way. I'm just assuming here, but from someone who I guess is pretty much grown up playing hockey, um, how important do you think playing a team sport and constantly surrounding yourself with people who I guess have the same interests interest in as you um, contribute one's mental health in a positive way? Yeah, I mean, it's part of the reason I play a team sport. You know, you get to be around your mates. Um, you build these relationships with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise do because you are, are in a team with them and you're sort of in a sense forced to spend time together and cooperate together and you build these friendships that um, are quite unique. I think I've, I've always had a real 
belief that the strength in a team sport comes from the relationships. Yeah, so I think it's it gives you an avenue to have people that are always looking out for you. Um, that um, you know, like we, even for me in hockey, we don't always get along, but I know I've got some pretty solid um, mates there. That if I ever needed anything, they'd be there for me. Um, and especially now, like with COVID, all my close friends are over east, but I've still got friends over here, my teammates, and um, people that I can go for a coffee with, or ring, or touch base with if I need to. So I think team sport is definitely really key and I would recommend any young person um, continues with it because it is just that avenue of um, support and friendship that you might not be able to otherwise get. Thank you so much for joining us today Rachel we appreciate hearing from you and we really appreciate you coming on and giving our listeners some key insight into your thoughts on the topic of mental health. My pleasure thank you guys for having me and um, for also investing in this topic because I think it's it's really important, but we've actually got to keep talking about it and sharing the message during this tricky time. Well, that was surely a lovely conversation we just had with our two guest speakers. Two entirely different worlds. But now it's time, as the term is ending, for the student's point of view. We've been talking to a lot of adults, a lot of teachers, but we haven't really had a section just for us. And this is going to be just students talking about what they're feeling right now and how we think things are going to go on further. So I just wanted to start off by asking you guys how you feel about the extra three to four weeks after school holidays being at home for remote learning. Um, you know, I want to go back, but if I need to stay, I'd want to stay. Well, that's at least for me. And no, I completely agree. Like, um, I do really want to go back. I'm really looking forward to being able to sit back in a classroom with all my friends and actually um, learn face-to-face just because I feel like I'm definitely a better learner when I'm in a classroom surrounded by people who encourage me and teachers who support and encourage me. Um, but at the same time, going by what the Premier has said in the Chief Health help officer it's obviously necessary that we stay home so if we if it's going to keep all of us safe um the people around us ourselves um i think you know there's nothing else we can really do apart from sit back and kind of ride out the wave and see what happens have you guys Um, felt the change in your uh, mental health in the ways in the previous weeks that we've been home um, at school, the previous term, have you guys maybe there's been a change yeah. in how you view school? Uh, yeah, at the start it was a you know shock to the system, cutting all socializing off. But I think to the end and like now it's like gotten used to it. It's still shocking, but it's like it's bearable, it's tolerable now for me at least. Yeah, totally agree. And I think, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, it was definitely a case of last lockdown, it was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool, you know, school from home, you don't have to go. The second time around, so this time, it definitely hasn't been fun. Um, Motivation has dropped off. I reckon I've seen it in um, people in class amongst friends and stuff. I guess social skills have kind of dropped off as well because no one's really keen on the idea of talking to anyone because it's just everyone's kind of a bit mellow and lost motivation so i think everyone's motivation is somewhat dropped off this time around 
Yeah, as Emily said, it's the first time this has ever happened for us. And we've been living for a very long time now. Um, we've gone through primary school and now we're in high school. And for it to come at a time like this, it's, it's really changed. And especially how the 10s are going into year 11 next year. And this year is really needed for us to grow and to mature. I think also one of the main things for me is that we haven't really had the real experience that the previous year tens have had. Um, but I guess that's what makes our year at our last year at CRCs and Albans one of the most special, uh, because just because it's been so different and we've gotten so many new experiences that have taught us new skills, um, uh, and that's just going to prepare us for how we can move forward into CRCs with members. Yeah, definitely. And plus, you know, you would think that being online and everything, you'd kind of somewhat become a little bit antisocial, cut off from everyone else. But I think if anything, this year um, has kind of taught our year level especially, it's kind of brought us all close together because we've all been through the same thing. So we all understand what it's like to miss out on a year that was supposed to be really special. Um, and in a way, it's sort of brought all of our groups close together because we all understand what everyone's going through. Uh, for me, the beginning of the lockdown was was great. It was comfortable. You know, I had my independence. I didn't have the teachers nagging me or, you know, it, it was it was to some degree liberating, you know. And close to the end, it, it became routine and monotonous and you know, now in like the past last weeks has really made me nauseous. Is that the right word? And I, I, I don't know. I, I just want to go back to school so that there could be order again and not like this cultivating drear that is online learning now. So that's my opinion at least. But as I said before, if I need to stay home, then I'll, I want to stay home. What do you yeah, definitely. And like, plus, like you said, there's sort of not a dread, a little bit of built-up anxiety that, you know, we'll go back and everything will go back on track and be normal, only to possibly have it taken away again. So, like, like you said, staying at home now is obviously contributing to hopefully ensuring we don't have to go back into lockdown. Well, Emily, building what you said there, how do you think it's going to be different when we do go back to school? I think things oh, oh, sorry, you go, Philip, you go. No, you go. Okay. <laughs> One of you. I think things are definitely going to be different, like with the whole face mask situation. I know a lot of people seem to just be assuming that you know, we'll go back to school for a couple of weeks and the mask whole thing will be gone. I personally believe we'll be wearing masks for quite a long time just to ensure we don't ever have to live through another massive wave again. Um, so I think wearing face masks in school will be a big thing. It'll be a bit strange. Um, I don't know if they're doing temperature checks, but I know social distancing will be enforced and... I think it'll look really different. And um, because we know that we can only go back to school if the cases get down to five per day, um, hopefully that doesn't deter people from needing to so 
the need the need to social distance and um, the need to uh, just be mindful that this still is an ongoing problem and it probably will be for a long time. Only if we best, um, uh, still behave sensibly around each other and don't take the opportunity to go back to school for granted. Oh uh, yeah, as you were saying, Olivia, when we were when we came back to school for the first time, everyone when people wore masks, it was like you really don't need to wear them, and now it's going to be the new normal, and it's going to change us a lot. Okay, on a, on a serious note though, you know what I'm afraid of is that when we go back to school, the realization that school isn't the answer, like uh, for me personally, it's like. You know, I'm so bored and I'm so um, dissatisfied. And, and the thought in my head is, if I go to school, I'll feel much better and stuff. But I'm afraid that when I go to school, I realize that school doesn't really help. And that my attitude would be the same as before, like dreading school. Um, how? Well, maybe this whole coronavirus situation will change your opinion on that. Maybe it will make maybe school will become the uh, the best thing that's ever happened to you this year, going back to school. I guess so. Yeah. Well, now that we go back to school, we have something to compare it to. Ah, at least what it isn't like that, you know. Which yeah, I was just about to say that we have. I was just about to say that we'll have something to compare it to instead of dreading school it'll be like oh at least we're not there we're still gonna eventually forget how we feel during this time and i'll want to socialize after a few months but we're still gonna be somewhat grateful yeah we're gonna be that generation now kids are sitting at home going i really don't want to go to school today we're gonna be those parents who go are you for real? We didn't go to school for six months. You're going to school. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's picked up lazy. Is it just me or is it like, you know, the long holidays uh, at the end of each year? How we have like six weeks free? Is it just me or is it like the last two weeks? Like, oh, I'm so excited to go to school. I want to meet everybody in school and all that. Is it just me? Or? It's the last three days for me. Yeah, but it, it's on the board. Um, and, then, and then you get back to school, right? And it was like that magical, it's like that exciting thing. You know, the first day or something is like super exciting. And then the next day, it's it becomes anymore. You know? yeah. So that's, I'm afraid that's how it's going to be for regular school. It's like super exciting the first day, you know, it's like magical and stuff. I'm just going to swear. And then the next day comes around, it's like, oh wait, this is school. It's the, not as good as I expected. The difference like right between now, that... I'm imagining school was super amazing, social spaces, blah, blah, blah. I'm afraid that my expectations will get destroyed right once I will. But I feel like this term's going to be so much different. And I don't exactly. know if like, your teacher said it, but Mr. Barossi and Mr. Ramos really, like, I guess, emphasised during our homeroom that term four... Um, for I guess all year levels is going to be so different and we're going to try so hard to make it a really good end of year because obviously we haven't had that at home like we've been sitting at home at desks in front of a computer screen for six hours a day like all day every day yeah, we've missed Whereas so many I things I think the teachers really want to emphasize that you know 
term four really has to be different. Like it's got to be fun because we need it. And like not just us either, the teachers need it too. Like I'm sure it hasn't been ideal online for them either. They get paid though. With what Philip said, with what Philip yeah. said, the difference between the holidays and this thing is that during the holidays, we could all still see each other. We all still connected a lot. But this one, we're going back and we only have how many more weeks of school? Three, four weeks until we're done. Especially yeah, the year 10s. Kind of yeah, the year, year 10s are done. The year 7s, 8s, 9s, I don't really know how they're going to feel. But I feel happy, honestly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm sure, Philip, you'll, you'll try your best to enjoy these last, whatever else, said, four or five weeks of the school that we've got. Um, you'll try your hardest to enjoy them. You're not going to just sit around and be like, oh, this is school, this is so boring. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't know about anyone else, but I guess, for me, I'm really nervous about going off to Sydney, and I guess there's a little bit of an, like anxiety there. Um, and I really thought Term 3 and 4 were so important as teachers were going to prepare you both socially and academically for Sydney, and we kind of missed out on that like we've been able to do a little bit online but i don't know i think at school you just grasp things so much easier and you develop like a heaps better understanding as opposed to sitting in front of a computer screen and somewhat trying to work things out on your own 100 percent. as much as um you know as much as i do business at Sydney, it's still very um separate i guess like i don't know if it's your class as well philip but for my business class as much as you're in a class with caroline springs north hill and Snorby kids it's still the caroline Springs kids sit together the north hill kids sit together and the Snorbins kids sit together so there's never really that mix so no one's really gotten the feel for each other yet so it's kind of you just have to wait until next year i guess yeah i guess by the end of year 10 that's when you sort of have your permanent permanent Great yeah, like, five, so that's yeah. Like you don't really want to socialize unless you have the absolute need to. I get and that. I think that's what's hard for me. What I'm trying to sort of work out is I have. I think I found a really good group at school. Um, like I love all my friends. Oh and my god, big family! I'm Aww. so flattered. I'm blushing. No. I don't know what you're talking about, Emily. Well, Akas kind of has that too. Like separation of schools but i don't know i i mean i've said what's up to some of the north people okay and gave them a fist bump i still think you don't really mix in a sense like create solid friendships until you really get to know someone so it's like when you're in class with someone probably one day cool. when the thing is that's just like with us in year seven we had that and now it's going to be the same again and I don't know, some people I know they've changed, um, they won't fit in straight away. But I know our class, um, Seven Yarrow, we straight away we, we became a family pretty much. And I think in year 11, I know we're going to have a lot of separate classes and all that. But your homeroom, I think people are instantly going to connect. Don't you I guess all that it starts with is just a, hi, how are you? My name's Olivia, right? That's all that it starts with. Yeah, the circle group, and yeah, I'm in stores. So, dudes, holidays are going to come up. What are we going to do? Stay at home. And don't stay sleep. That's boring.
people that really live close to me i mean they're probably my closest friends so um this is basically what i'm gonna do i'm gonna disco disco like saturday night favorite disco or like like um karaoke type of disco 80s disco you know oh yeah cool like the sound of that you gonna get the rollerblades out and i don't know (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys for joining us today in our conversation regarding mental health we'll be back with another one in a few weeks time hope you all have a lovely holiday and see you next term goodbye